he was born with two broken legs. When he was five, the neighbor's dog attacked him. The injury to his face was so severe, he required plastic surgery. At 10, while riding a horse at summer camp, he fell off and broke his back. Now, at the age of 45, he has MS. Doctors are amazed he's still able to walk. This is MS, a podcast about one of the world's most misunderstood diseases. I'm your host, Andrea. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 31 years old. In this episode, I want you to meet someone who has lived an incredible life of hardship and yet is not defined by it. He will never let MS limit him or take his positivity and light away. This is Jamie's story. Two years ago, Jamie found out he had MS. It was like a light bulb went off. Suddenly, those past trips, slips, and falls made a lot more sense. MS causes various symptoms, including issues with balance, coordination, and muscle weakness. Doctors believe he could have unknowingly had MS for the past 12 to 15 years. How is this possible? For years, little slips or trips were just brushed off. They were nothing. We can all be clumsy at times. Didn't seem like anything to really worry about. But one particular day does stand out. And I tripped and I fell and I didn't, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And then it started to happen more and more. It wasn't until he couldn't lift up his right leg at all that he went to his family doctor. Between the doctor and his neurologist, he was misdiagnosed several times. First they thought it was foot drop. Then they, then they decided that I, it was spinal myelopathy. You can imagine the frustration of knowing something is wrong with you, but you can't get a correct diagnosis. This is not uncommon. Some MS patients spend years waiting to find out what is happening to them. The length of time it takes to be diagnosed varies from person to person and can depend on your symptoms. It can be a long and at times frustrating journey. It took two years to have my MS officially confirmed. In my case, it was because the results of my first MRI were inconclusive. I required a second scan a year later to confirm I had MS. Jamie has no real explanation for why it took so long to properly diagnose him. MS had been suspected by several specialists, but it was never confirmed until he started to experience vision loss and went to an MS clinic. Jamie's left eye was really red all the time, and then it slowly started to go blurry. He describes it as like having cataracts. Vision in his eye was cloudy with floaters, and he could barely see. As it turns out, Jamie had a condition known as uveitis. I had to look it up, as I've never heard of it. Uveitis is a form of eye inflammation. Doctors at the MS Clinic at the University of British Columbia explained Jamie's condition as being rather unique. They had never seen anything like that before, and they... They said that it was because of the MS, because of the primary progressive. I'm sorry, what? Primary progressive. They told him he had MS and it was primary progressive. Just to give you some background, there are four types of MS. Clinically isolated syndrome, relapsing, remitting MS, which is what I have. Secondary progressive MS, 
and primary progressive MS or PPMS. 85% of people who have MS have relapsing remitting. Only 10% have what Jamie has, PPMS. The MS Society of Canada defines PPMS as a slow accumulation of disability. It may stabilize for periods of time, but overall, there are no periods of remission. So doctors at the MS clinic told Jamie he had PPMS. After results from a last round of MRI scans, his family doctor was able to confirm as well. When I went into my family doctor, when I was finally diagnosed properly, and I kind of knew it already, but I didn't say anything. And I sat in his chair and he was like, well, you have PPMS. And I was like, okay, well, what do we do now? And he's like, well, wow. He's like, I'm surprised how remarkable you're taking this. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Lie on your floor and kick and scream? What's that going to help? Figure out how to fix it, not cry about it. Most of us would have bawled our eyes out, sitting in the doctor's office or not. It's terrifying. I don't know what I would have done if my doctor had told me that my MS was progressive. As a result, Jamie's life would change immediately. At 43 years old, he had to stop working. Can you imagine? Jamie was a chef. He loved his job, but found it difficult to work in the kitchen after he started needing a cane to assist him with walking. He had to stop doing everything he loved, cooking in the kitchen, humanitarian efforts with the Union Gospel Mission, being a character on his local morning radio show. Basically, I had to put a stop to it all because I had, to, I had so many doctor's appointments right away. Once they finally diagnosed me, I mean, I, they were sending me here, there, almost every single day. I had, a, I had an appointment with a different specialist, so I mean, how was I able to, to call into work every day? I didn't want to let them down like that, right? He was just diagnosed with primary progressive and worrying about letting other people down. Since he could no longer work, he no longer had an income. He applied for all the disability benefits he could. It was a big adjustment, living on much less money than what he was used to. Disability pays maybe 20% of what I was making. I was making five grand a month, and now I'm getting, I think, 1200 a month from disability. That's a reality for a lot of MS patients. He put most of the money he had into covering his rent for the foreseeable future. He didn't want to move, and his apartment didn't need to be modified for him to continue living there. Two years since his diagnosis, his savings are now depleted. Financially adjusting to MS has been hard. He isn't sure what he would have done if he required a wheelchair or another device to assist with mobility. Got his cane as a hand-me-down from his stepfather. It's hard to put a price tag on cost for living with PPMS. Like the disease itself, there are so many different factors. As for his medication, he was fast-tracked right away and put on a new drug called Ocrevus. It was approved in 2018 by Health Canada as the first treatment for those with primary progressive MS. Ocrevus is a six-hour infusion. The dose is one 600 milligram intravenous infusion every six months. The cost of Ocrevus is, wait for it, $33,000 a year. Fortunately, Jamie has coverage for his infusions through the Medical Services Plan in BC, as well as with Compass, a patient assistance program for Ocrevus treatments. These two programs together cover the cost of yearly treatments. 
To date, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec have added Ocrevus to their drug plan benefits. MS drugs are very costly. The medication I take costs about $16,000 a year. Unlike Jamie, though, I do pay out-of-pocket for part of my medication, as I don't have full coverage through my benefits plan. The cost of MS medication typically falls in the range of $13,000 to more than $50,000 a year. Now, that depends on the treatment selected, whether that's injectable, oral, or infusion, the dosage, provincial drug program pricing, and pharmacy dispensing fees. The level of drug reimbursement also varies from province to province. However, all MS disease-modifying therapies offer some type of drug support program. The MS Society also works to ensure that people who could benefit from treatment have access. This should be comforting to know that there is financial support available should you be diagnosed with MS and want a treatment plan. Jamie's infusions take place at the UBC Hospital MS Clinic. After every treatment, he has two weeks of downtime, self-isolating at home because his immune system is weak. Side effects range anywhere from 2 to 14 days post-treatment and can include nausea and vomiting, as well as itchiness, a rash, or hives. Jamie also experiences severe nerve pain, which will wake him up in the middle of the night. Despite all of this, he's grateful. He's been taking Ocrevus for the past two years, and the treatment seems to be working. The progression of his MS is slow. He's still able to walk. Doctors are surprised by his mobility. They're shocked by, by my uh, non-progression, even though I'm only supposed to be in a wheelchair. They told me that about a month ago. They're like, the fact that you're not in a wheelchair right now is remarkable because the signs show that you should not be walking. The signs show he should not be walking. Yet here he is, once again, defying the odds. I don't think Jamie could have ever imagined this would be his future. He played college football. He was a snowboarder in Whistler. Now he uses a cane to walk and takes 17 pills a day. The various medications help with his progressive MS. It has affected his vision, hearing, flexibility, and bladder control. It's remarkable that he isn't angry or bitter. If you just give in and you're depressed all the time, you're, you're not going to get better. You're not going to feel better at all. You're, it's just going to drag you down even worse with the depression. Try and stay positive and get out there and, you know, breathe the fresh air and try and do what you did before you were just disabled with it. Try and smile and laugh and continue to do everything that you did before you were diagnosed. It, it really helps a lot. The positivity, I think, is 50% of the healing process. And he's staying positive. He knows his life is far from over. Even though at the age of 45, he could write a really fascinating book about everything that's happened. Adjusting to his new life, a more sedentary life, has been difficult, even humbling at times. He really didn't want to ask for help with grocery shopping. He felt embarrassed to be his age and using a folding shopping cart. Because I can't walk like without the cane and I can't carry a bag of groceries, so I have to have a cart. And at first, I really didn't want to do that. But now I'm part of the group here. Like I'm, I'm like the youngest, most active senior citizen in the West End of downtown Vancouver with mm. my little cart. He's funny. His sense of humor is clearly evident. 
He is determined to do most things by himself, staying as self-sufficient as possible. Staying self-sufficient is, is huge, and that has a lot to do with the positivity angle as well, right? Being able to continue to do the things yourself. This is why his mornings typically begin bright and early around 6 a.m. He's found it's the time of day where he has the most amount of energy and can do things for himself. He starts his morning with what he describes as a power shake full of fruits and vegetables. A healthy diet has become essential to keeping his energy level up. After his breakfast routine, he will go for a walk, take a trip to the grocery store, or clean the house. It's important, too, for him to keep walking while he has the ability to do so. He's walking at least a kilometer a day, sometimes even three. He credits his diet and medication for helping improve his quality of life with MS. But without that shake in the morning, without the Ocrevus, I wouldn't be able to get up and get all that stuff done in the first place, in those six hours in the morning. So it's turned me into a morning person, at least. Here's the downside. A busy morning for Jamie often leads to a tired afternoon. The tricky part of MS is managing the fatigue that often goes along with the disease. 90% of people with MS experience fatigue. Jamie says after he has a busy morning, he will typically feel that fatigue start to set in around noon. At that time, he doesn't push himself and makes sure to give his body rest. He's fortunate to be able to take breaks as needed. He has a live-in girlfriend of the past 15 years that is his rock. His mom also lives in the neighborhood and is able to help when needed. Having support from family has a lot to do with Jamie staying positive throughout his MS journey. I couldn't be more happy and more proud to have these loved ones around me. I mean, that has a lot to do with it all as well. Hearing from a doctor that he has primary progressive MS doesn't make him emotional. Talking about his family, I can hear it in his voice, starts to quiver. He's almost on the verge of tears. Talking about how much he loves them, how much they mean to him, and how much joy they bring to his heart. That's helping him get through this. He also really enjoys where he lives on English Bay in downtown Vancouver. Picture this. His front window overlooks water while he can see Stanley Park and beautiful mountains out his back window. It's a spectacular view he doesn't take for granted. It's a combination of many things that contribute to Jamie's overall happiness despite his daily struggles. He chooses to stay optimistic, but couldn't tell you exactly why. You know, I really don't know. (laughs) It's just who he is. I've always, like I said, ever since I was young, I've always been I've always been getting smacked around. He's gone through many struggles in life. And at this point, now sees his MS as an opportunity to help others. If anyone listening to the episode wants to reach out to him, even for a little chat or just a pep talk, he would be happy to get in touch with you. After all, he understands better than anyone how challenging this disease can be. He refuses to let this beat him. Jamie's hope for the future is that he can continue to inspire others with his MS journey. He loved to be able to work from home in some capacity. And of course, that his Vancouver Canucks finally win a Stanley Cup. I'd like to thank my guest Jamie for opening up about his life and sharing his story of what it's like to have primary progressive MS. 
If this is the first time you've listened to This Is MS, please go back and take the time to check out the other stories I've shared. Do me a favor, tell your friends about This Is MS. I would love it if you gave our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This Is MS is written and produced by me. Audio editing and sound design is by Rob Johnston. If you have a question about one of the episodes, you can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Team Dunner. This is MS, created with support from the MS Society of Canada. A proud presentation of the Curious Cast Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.